Welcome to Star Wars Age of Rebellion. This is an RPG Storytime presentation of a campaign played over several years utilizing all three Star Wars role-playing books by Fantasy Flight Games. This is a grand campaign where everything you hear was decided by players in an epic-scale role-playing and strategy game, then turned into this production that tells the story one chapter at a time with occasional explanations of game mechanics. The episodes are shorter than most gaming podcasts because each session is summarized in the form of a story much like an audiobook. It begins with a small band of agents played by a few role players. As the rebel cell grows, more players are brought in to take on the roles of other operatives heading out on other missions and taking part in various battles. Every choice affects the direction of the story, both for the characters on the mission and for the overall story arc. And the ultimate fate of the Juvex and Senex sectors is up to them. Having landed on Hoth, Aelor Sundown and Doubly Vance have met up with rebels who were left behind after the evacuation. They know of a way to sneak into the old rebel base which has been converted into an imperial base which stores the information Aelor seeks. Fortune was on the side of the small rebel band. Or more likely it was a fate point. The storm which Aelor and Doubly had flown through earlier had caught up with them and was now passing almost perpendicular to the path between the outpost and the former rebel base. As such, they could travel under the veil of the storm. Doubly flew the Freebird and Reggie flew the Y-Wing while Yalto rode one Tauntaun with Dentra behind him, and Roach rode the other with Aelor on the back and a giant smile on his face. Doubly peeked out of the storm a couple times to take a look, and sure enough, he spotted a large Imperial column on its way to the outpost. You must have really said something to make them mad, Doubly said, speaking to himself because they were using radio silence. This would likely prove to be a good sign as it would mean fewer troops were at the base. The Tauntaun Riders emerged from the storm near the rear of the base. Roach kept his eyes on his wayfinder that directed him to the secret entrance. They soon found it, a crack in the ice wall half covered in snow. They brushed it off and found that it was just big enough for Yalto to fit through if he squeezed in sideways. So they went to it, pushing through bit by bit until they arrived in a maintenance corridor. They could see light coming from one direction and heard voices so they knew that was the direction to go. Everyone slipped on their disguises, Yalto squeezing on his rebel jacket one more time. Alright, Yali. Time for your handcuffs. No calling us by names in there, Yalto said. You all need to look like you captured me and you're taking me to the brig. Roach put the handcuffs on Yalto and grabbed one arm. Aelor stood by him, looking over the way the outfit slid around. The helmet in particular bobbled around like it was going to come off any second. Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? Not in the places where it counts, he said proudly. Despite having on a helmet, one could see her rolling her eyes. Passing through the first door they came upon, they found themselves in the rec room where officers and helmetless soldiers were enjoying drinks and meals at a handful of tables. A couple of them stopped and stared at the large beast and its guards coming through. They stopped as well. There were two other exits from this room. Which way? Yalta whispered through gritted teeth. Roach was looking through an eyepiece he had programmed with the map of the base. After a moment, he said, To the left, rebel scum. His voice might have raised the red flag, but the officer stepping in front of them was too busy speaking over him. Where do you think you're taking this... thing? Prisoner found at an outpost, Dentra said before Roach could speak up. The officer stepped in front of Dentra, his nose almost against the helmet, his eyes peering into the eye sockets. Then he said, The cell blocks are through that door and he pointed at the one they hadn't chosen. Dentra and Roach looked nervously at the other door. 
They didn't know how far out of their way it would take them. Aylor realized this, and she said to the officer, No, they aren't. The cells are through this door. And she indicated the direction they had been going. The officer looked bewildered for a moment, then said, You're right. The cells are in that direction. Take this prisoner to them and get it out of my sight. They did as he ordered and marched until they reached an intersection. A trooper was passing, so they slowed and waited for it to get out of the way. Then Roach whispered, The power room's over there, and the control room's down there. He unlocked Yalto from his bindings. Yalto said, This is where we split up. Roach and I will set up in the power room to control who gets light and who doesn't. You two get to the control room and get the data you need. Aylor and Dentra nodded, and they split up the party in two directions. As they marched, Dentra could hear Aylor breathing heavily. Are you all right? He asked. I'll be fine, she said bluntly. Breathe in the force, and it will be your guide. She took in a breath, and seemed to walk more steadily. They passed a few Imperials along the way, though the base seemed mostly empty. When they got to the control room, they found inside an engineer, a stormtrooper, and an officer. The officer turned to face them. Dentra noticed Aylor going for her lightsaber, so he spoke up before she could grab it. The base is under attack. We were sent to secure the room. You two need to join the others outside immediately. His voice was so confident and authoritative that they believed him immediately. The officer and trooper headed for the door, but the engineer, Gilfoyle, remained in his dark corner, peering at Dentra suspiciously. Just after the officer left and the trooper was at the door, Gilfoyle asked, How can there be an emergency? I would have gotten some kind of chatter in the- Aylor shoved the snowtrooper out and Dentra closed and locked the door. They turned toward the engineer, weapons drawn! Hey, I'm beginning to suspect you guys aren't Imperials, Gilfoyle observed. Aylor rushed over to him, again using the mind trick and telling him to get into the database. She felt only the dark side around her, but she had to tap into something, so she used it. As such, her passive request turned into an aggressive demand. It worked, and Gilfoyle began searching the databanks for the information she wanted. Dentra called to the others. What's going on? They know we're here. I locked the door, but I think they'll be able to get through. I'm on it, Roach exclaimed. A moment later, the door flew open. A surprised Dentra now faced an officer standing beside an engineer who was about to bypass the lock and a couple stormtroopers with their weapons drawn. The doors behind them also opened. Then suddenly the door between them slammed shut. It then opened briefly and shut again. Dentra could see the other doors were doing the same thing. He smashed the controls by the door and it stopped. He turned to Aylor and said, I think I just bought us a minute or so. Hurry up. You can't rush perfection, Gilfoyle said, half in a daze as he typed away. Databanks were appearing all over the panel. Which one held the information for Lifeseed, he could not tell. Aylor hurried him, again tapping further into the dark side. Do it! Do it now! She said. Her voice was getting lower and filled with malice. Dentra heard the anger within it, and he worried for her. He tried to balance out the dark side by tapping into the light side and saying, You must do your best, young man. But do your best quickly. Still flying within the snowstorm, Doubly could barely make out what was being said over the comms. It sounded like the group was having trouble. R3G1 could also hear it, and it began beeping that they should sweep in and help. Let's give them a little more time, Reggie. We only get one chance at this. Patience, my friend. Inside the control room, Gilfoyle had almost reached the databank they needed. However, he faded out of his days, regaining control of himself. Keeping his dry demeanor, he did not reveal that he had come out of Aylor's control. 
Instead, his hand slowly dropped down to his holstered blaster. Ayler spotted what he was doing, and she sliced across his neck, decapitating the man and sending his head rolling across the floor to Master Dentra, who screamed at the sight. He was so loud that Yalto heard him three rooms away. What's going on in there? he asked. Room clear, Dentra reported. Aylor shoved the body aside and sat down in the chair, attempting to finish what the Imperial Engineer had started. Then Dentra thought. He had said the perfect thing that he should tell the Imperials. He pressed the door comm. The room is all clear now. We've located the spy and eliminated him. We are preparing to come out. The officer outside acknowledged the message. Dentra looked to Aylor, and she got the file she needed. It came out in a handheld data card, and she pocketed it. Outside, the officer made sure the comm was off and turned to his troops. When this door opens, I want you to arrest anyone who's inside. We'll sort out this mess in the brig. They readied their weapons. The door swished open. Both troopers were near the door, but before anyone could react, the lights went out. Did it work? Roach asked. Yalto, watching from the door, said, Like a dream, kid. By the time the red backup lights came on, several of the snowtroopers had entered the room. The two who had been in the room were now mingled among them. The officer was furious. Looking around, he ordered, Troopers, take off your helmets! Before he was done with the sentence, Aylor turned to the soldier next to her and, pointing at another soldier, said in her voice, That's the rebel. The snowtrooper didn't hesitate. He shot the enemy. Everyone else looked over. We found the rebel! Aylor shouted, and everyone shot down the trooper who had blasted the suspected rebel. Yalto took advantage of this confusion to move out into the next room and take position behind some computer consoles. Certain he would be found out soon, Dentra dashed into the room with Yalto and took cover. Other troopers began to maneuver around the side. Ayler joined them, whispering to the others where she was going. Since she was leaving that room, Yalto pulled out a grenade, considering whether to throw it. Dentra said, Yes, do it. I'll guide it in with the force. Yalto wasn't sure. If he hit the doorframe... The grenade would bounce back and kill the three of them. Trust in the Force, Dentra said. Okay, Yalto said, and he threw it. Dentra held out his hand and followed the path of the grenade into the next room, where it landed among the snowtroopers perfectly and exploded. Roach came out to join Yalto and Dentra, just as the troopers in the hall peeked in the doorway, flanking everyone inside. Aylor lit her lightsaber and swung away, taking them down. More explosions came from outside. A proton torpedo that blew apart the outer wall, knocking out those who were near it. With the coast clear for the moment, the rebels regrouped and headed for the front. They got to the hangar and saw one snowspeeder inside. They also spotted reinforcements coming for them. Wait here, Dentra said, and he hurried out to them. Quickly, they ran down the hall toward the detention area. You have to cut them off. It worked, and the troopers hurried away. Dentra made sure they left, while the others slipped through. The Freebird was landing, and Yalto and Roach jumped inside. Dentra was slow to return, however, and Aylor called to him. He began to head to her, but then an E-Web team rounded the corner. Spotting what was going on, they set up their heavy weapon. There was no time to get to the Freebird. Dentra and Aylor leaped into the snowspeeder and took off as the E-Web fired after them. Directly above them, they detected Star Destroyers waiting as a blockade. They would need to get away from the base and take off into space from there. Ahead of them, an ATSD stood near the rebuilt power generator. Two TIE Strikers were flying in from the left, and one from the right. The one on the right was low to the ground, flying nimbly among the snow dunes. The pilot was clearly an ace. Reggie flew the Y-Wing toward the pair, while Dublin and Aylor flew the Hawk and the Snowspeeder low on the right. The Strikers all seemed to be going after Reggie. 
but the two from the left zipped by, going straight after the Hawk. The ace pilot faced the Y-Wing straight on, firing first and taking down its shields. Reggie fired two torpedoes, despite Dudley's orders to spare those since they were limited. The shots hit the enemy square on and blew it to smithereens. Inside the Hawk, Yalto manned the only gun and fired at the ATST, peeling off some of its armor. The walker fired back, decimating the Hawk's shields. Beside them, Aylor was flying so low she was shielded by the snowy hill. You know how to fly this thing, right? Dentra asked. Yes, Aylor said, and just then she hit a sloping hill, sending the vessel bouncing into the sky. One of the strikers turned back on the Y-Wing while the other turned and slowed, setting up to shoot down the speeder. Get clear, sundown! Dubly shouted. He knew that one hit on their tiny ship would be the end of both of them. Aylor didn't answer. She had a better idea. She fell full speed at the ATST. What is she doing? Yalto shouted. The ATST turned its head with the speeder, but the speeder flew beneath its chin and out of its arc. Get ready with that tow cable! Aylor shouted to Dentra. Dentra looked over the weapon in front of him. You do know how to use a tow cable, she said. Yes? He answered. They flew just under the ATST. The front tie striker lined up on the speeder. It would only take one shot, and he was ready to take it. Dentra saw this and aimed his weapon at the enemy. Now! She shouted. Dentra fired the tow cable. The striker fired at the speeder at the very moment Aylor made a hard left turn. The pilot had a moment to wonder what was happening before the ship lurched left along with the speeder. And it crashed into the ATSD's legs, bringing it down. The last remaining striker had made a round on Reggie, damaging the Y-Wing. Being more maneuverable, especially with a living pilot, the striker came back around for a killing blow on the Y-Wing's rear. Reggie, check your six! Dubly shouted, trying to turn to get a shot on the striker. He wouldn't get there in time. But Reggie spotted the striker, and it turned the ion turret toward the fighter. It fired, hitting the striker with a blast of ionized energy. Blue sparks crawled all over the ship like a swarm of spiders. It lost power and gravity took hold. It dipped from the sky and crashed right into the power generator. Excellent shooting, my orange friend. Now, let's all get out of here. The crew flew several miles away and landed. There they traded ships. Dubly got back into his Y-Wing and Aylor and Dentra got into the Hawk. The snowspeeder they left behind. As they flew up into the sky... Yalto peered down at the outpost where he and Roach had hidden out for so long. The silver box grew smaller and smaller as they rose into the sky, until it was enveloped by the white landscape and disappeared from their lives forever. This has been an RPG Storytime presentation of Age of Rebellion. Join us next week to hear what happens next. If you'd like to see a visualization of this episode, check out our YouTube channel. The link is in the description. If you'd like to see other things written by the author of this show, you can also find that in the description. Happy gaming, everybody!